and welcome to AM in the Afternoon, a podcast on big ideas and little thoughts that matter. I'm Ange. And I'm Margie. And we're your hosts. Thanks for listening. In our podcast, we catch up to talk about big and small topics that, quite frankly, we think are important. And we like to delve into the creative ways that people communicate and how it impacts our daily life. This episode, we'll be getting a little sensitive. We're going to be talking about sensitive parts and taboo topics and asking, what's the big deal? Why are we sensitive about these topics? And why do we tiptoe around them? And why does the language we use to talk about a topic influence the way that our culture sees it? Yes, and we want to just be upfront here and say, sorry, mum and dad. Disclaimer. We, yeah, we know that you are probably our main listeners, but there are going to be some sensitive topics today. AKA uh, swear words, genitalia, all like everything, all the bad stuff. So while we do like to usually keep our podcast pretty clean by nature, this one is a little bit uh, more delicate. So if you're particularly sensitive or easily offended, we suggest that maybe you skip this one. Or possibly skip most episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows, really? We don't know if we're offensive. You can never be too careful. (laughs) (laughs) So with that out of the way. So why are some things hard to talk about? And why do we talk about things with euphemisms. So to give you a little bit of context, um, what are some tab- taboo topics? What Anything off the top of your head? What are we going to talk- be talking about today? Okay, so like what what's hard to talk about? Well, I think we've already sort of said things like sex, but also things like money. Yeah, money's a big one. Race, dying. Oh, yeah. Dying, being fired or losing your job. All the bod- bodily functions. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Being drunk or getting high? Yeah, yeah. Crime in general or acting in a criminal way. Yeah, and then, I mean, even things like disability. Yeah, and I, I feel like I, things like I'm going to talk about abortion and prostitution, but I feel like they relate back to the sex one and we're all just scared to talk about sex. And, I mean, pregnancy, going yeah, back to the which sex is one. also related to sex and kind of a bodily function yeah so really bodily functions are pretty high on the list of things that you don't generally just chat about around the water cooler or when you're over at grandma's house absolutely and so yeah we're going to be talking about them and and why it is that we have to or you know society wants to talk about things in indirect speech are we are we being polite or are we trying are these things emotionally charged are we avoiding triggers i don't know uh, you know, and in, in a lot of ways, euphemisms give us a tool to discuss these touchy subjects without having to spell out what it is we're discussing. It's almost like talking about things around children and you change certain words so that the kids don't cotton on to what you're talking about. You know, so use, euphemisms have their place and, and they're useful, but they they can also be used to discover, to sorry, to cover up truths and, and deceive people. Politicians use it all the time. Especially um, at the moment. <laughs> absolutely. You know, I think the US government in the past has got in trouble talking about enhanced interrogation instead of, let's just call it torture, guys. That's what it is. Um, or alternative facts is obviously extremely hot topic right now. Can we just call it lies and untruths? Because <laughs> yeah. that's what it is. It's, it's not an alternative fact. There's no fact. <laughs> <laughs> so what topics make you squirm, Maggie? Um, me personally, depends who you're talking to. I totally, yeah. For yeah. sure. But um, no, actually. I think generally talking about things that are pretty personal, about your body or about 
honestly money money yeah. is a big one that money can be, does make me squirm a makes lot. me uncomfortable sometimes absolutely and the thought of people like seeing your bank accounts or like i had a coworker looking over my shoulder when i was doing online banking recently and i was oh, like just what? get out so get rude. Out. yeah it is rude it made me squirm yeah that would that would definitely make me squirm a lot i have to admit periods make me squirm really and i mean i'm like in my 30s like come on <laughs> like it's a normal bodily function by now but i'm still extremely awkward about talking about it with friends who are like fellow females who have also had their period for 20 odd years yeah and buying period products super uncomfortable actually (laughs) yeah i I feel like even now well actually probably less now but for years i used to like pick the checkout that you're going through you don't want to get the hot guy oh my gosh especially when you're a teenager it's like the most you want to die you know it's the most embarrassing thing i think once actually i was going through a checkout and i was with my mom this is when i was like 14 or 13 and we bought like underwear for me and i think there were also just in general like it was like target or something where you buy lots of things and possibly there was like period related things there and mum knew the person in front of her in line and they started having this massive chat and i actually thought i died in that line (laughs) speaking of that as well there's also um Okay, this is some about sensitive topics, so I'm just going <laughs> to throw myself under a bus here. But the few times in my life I've had to get the morning after pill, again, this shouldn't be a sensitive topic. We've all had to do it before. I've never noticed a hot pharmacist in my entire life, <laughs> except for the times I've had to go to the morning after pill. It's like they schedule young, hot guys to work on Saturday and Sunday mornings. <laughs> That's hilarious. I feel like no matter what you get at the pharmacy, the second it's anything remotely embarrassing or bodily function related, that is the day there is a lineup. And the person's in training. Yeah, and they have to really talk loudly <laughs> while there is a crowd assembled around you while, while you try to quietly, discreetly explain some rash or something that's happened. Price check, super large tampons, aisle eight. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know... You know, we're kind of talking about bodily functions here. So I think one of the big ones that people do avoid about talking sh- straight outside of the classroom is sex. Sex for the first time. I mean, what are some, some funny things that you've heard of probably, you know, popping your cherry or... Losing it. Deflowering. Doing the deed. Making your sexual debut. Anything to do with sex and the way we, we don't just talk about sexual intercourse. It's like sleeping with someone... Or yeah, or hooking up, or making babies. Yeah, make love. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, it is it is pretty funny because pretty much everyone is probably going to have sex at some stage in their life, and hopefully do it more than once. But you know, it's a huge deal talking about it, and especially going back to that teenage thing. When you're a teenager, I mean, I felt like people were talking about it everywhere. It was everywhere, but no one just came out and spoke in plain terms. And as a result, it turned into this topic that was like taboo you know you didn't want to talk about it around adults and you certainly even felt uncomfortable talking about your friends is that because you're just an awkward teenager is it because you don't know what it is or because it's like taboo and adults make it more awkward than it needs to be i do think i think all of the above i do think that as, as an adult now i think i could totally see how it would be really uncomfortable if some teenage girl started talking to me about sexual things I don't know how I would handle that. (laughs) So I think it would be hard to not make it awkward. 
Yeah, but I feel like it's your your job as an adult to be cool about that and to be like not awkward. I, I'm not saying that I would master yeah. that at all, but <laughs> it's awkward. And I guess with sex, the dance around saying what you actually mean and, you know, not just saying sex, it dates back to the Bible. This is really what we're talking about. Like, um, you know, when men and women didn't have sex or, you know, they would know each other or lie with each other. Or, yeah. You know, I, so it's like, I feel like it goes right back to the beginning of time. You know, even in like literature, I was about to say that it's not that long ago, but even more, even fairly longer. Like I'm thinking of Shakespearean things, you know, that I have known your mother is like this funny line from one of Shakespeare's plays. Right, and yeah. he's not meaning like, I know your mother. It's like, I know yeah. your <laughs> mother. Yeah, it's basically that whole like, your mom kind of yeah. joke. Right. Oh, Dating back Shakespeare's to the... your mom. Yeah, exactly. Very interesting. So, and along with sex goes other sensitive topics that make us squirm. Genitalia. <laughs> so what are some... Uh, what are some oh there's so like the list is endless the crown jewels like ah uh, your tatas <laughs> your kahunas <laughs> the lady lumps <laughs> or a pickle your bean <laughs> dick cock schlong pick a <laughs> we could keep going um we also i should add in our 30s and laughing at these we cannot say these about a straight face my favorite that i think i looked one of these up to me i could just picture an old lady saying this trouser snake <laughs> But, yeah, the list definitely keeps going, you know. Yeah, you could. it, it gets really silly. Um, I mean, we did sort of notice, though, with this, that for girls, some of them, it's a bit more limited. Like, there's these really silly words for a lot of the guys' ones, like pecker, peen, willy. But some of the women's parts are often used, as we would know, a bit as more vulgar terms. So, I mean, I'll say like, a couple of them <laughs> if you want. Yeah, look, no, you started off. Okay, well, pussy. <laughs> Twat. <laughs> And, of course, the C word, which, you know, we're still having trouble saying. So. I, honestly, I'm still having trouble with the C bomb. <laughs> so, I mean, as the Australian, I will just say right now that there are some circles in Australia that use that and they don't mean it badly. There's this, like... It's fun- like an interjection. Yeah, it's like this <laughs> funny um, thing where you call total strangers mates, but your best friend a C word is, like... He's a good cunt. Yeah, let's exactly. just say it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but, and to be honest, I don't actually have that much of a problem with it. I just know that everyone else does. So it's definitely not in Australia, I should say, dinner conversation or something that you would have in conversation with. I feel like it's the worst of the swear words. But you know what? It, I think it's worse in North America, like in Canada and stuff. I don't know about New Zealand. Mm, I, don't, in Australia, I still think it's the worst in New Zealand. Yeah. Like, it's worse than fuck. Like, yeah. You're enjoying this. I'm just making it say all of them too. <laughs> we're in a recording room. I'm tempted to just start screaming. Yeah, yeah, just start screaming them. No one can hear us. Hopefully, we're in a library. So yeah, yeah, that'd be funny if someone could hear us. But I mean, I do find it interesting that the worst words, supposedly, are these ones that are actually about the female body. So, is there a reason for that? That female parts are considered so bad in our slang. Do we? hold vaginas up as something that's sacred and that needs to be protected. I mean, I'd argue, yes, that it yeah. kind of goes back to how we view women in general. That so then when you're being, like, when you're calling someone a derogatory term for that, it's like it, it charges it even more. Yeah. And, you know, you know, these women are supposed to be prissy and delicate and, you know, it's your flower. And therefore, if you are using a bad word, a harsh word to describe this female body part, it kind of makes it extra bad. 
Yeah, or extra disrespectful. Yeah. It reminds me of the Betty White quote um, that I, uh, it's famous, it's a meme all over the internet, but <laughs> Betty White uh, once said, why do people say grow some balls? Balls are weak and sensitive. If you want to be if you want to be tough, grow a vagina. Those things can take a pounding. <laughs> I, love I love that. It. I love Betty White. That's just, it's perfect. Golden girl humor all the way. But I mean, yeah, talking about what you're saying kind of links into just the whole topic of censorship and who decides on that mm. and, you know, who decides what words are the bad ones and what words are the good ones and why does, you know, collectively society kind of decide, okay, cunt's going to be the worst word or yeah, fuck exactly. is going to be. Like, like, why is fuck the worst? Is it because before, like, I feel like when we were growing up, Fuck was the worst word. Yeah, totally. But yeah. I feel like I didn't even... I didn't know the... C, yeah, C wasn't even on the internet. I didn't even know it was a word. Yeah, so is it bad because society is deciding it's bad? Or is it bad because it's actually bad? Or is it bad because we're giving it emotional charging? Or is it bad because society is creating these gender roles and telling women they're bad? I mean, Ooh, I you like could take a one. real <laughs> feminist slant on this. And, and, you know, and Instagram with the whole no boobs, so... Oh, the free the nipple campaign. Yeah, free the nipple. Um, and that that relates back to all of this. Like, who's deciding that boobs are offensive? And you know, breastfeeding in public. Like, you know, who's who's deciding what's sensitive and what's not? And who's getting offended by this? And you know, why can't women wear no tops at the beach? I think legally they can. I think in Canada you actually legally can. Yeah. A woman can legally walk down the street with no top. I don't think you can in Australia, but I think you can in Canada. I don't know what it is in New Zealand. But, but it is interesting. It does pose the, the thought of like, where does all this come from? And why can't we just be cool about everything? And, you know, that's what I was going to say earlier is uh, when you're talking to a toddler and, you know, you say a bad word around a toddler and then everyone just acts casual and the toddler won't pick it up. But if, you know, if someone says shit and then the toddler says shit and then this happened with my nephew last time I was home and, you know, he comes out and says shit and then everyone laughs. So then he gets a reaction. So he keeps saying shit. Yes. And then he's going back to daycare saying the word shit. And the same you've th- got a problem. Oh, the same thing <laughs> happened to my friend's kid. And it was actually a really big problem because it was the F word. They thought Ooh. it was hilarious when their kid said fuck. So then you laugh. And so then they laugh. And then he said, saying it. And they actually got a call from their daycare. They had to go pick him up. And they got like a talking to. That's a good 21st story. Oh, man. The parents got in trouble, though, not the kid. <laughs> but, you know, it's like collectively with these, these bad words or sensitive topics, are we, you know, when you put, when you give something wind, it, it takes it to new levels. If we were just, uh-huh. if we just ignored all this and everyone said whatever the heck they wanted and, you know, freedom of speech. Potentially. I mean, it's, it's an interesting topic. I mean, definitely, I think making something so taboo gives it power. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The forbidden fruits. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that's part of that whole reclaiming words too, that, you know, certain groups in society, like, mm-hmm. you know, reclaim words that were once used as insults, but anyone else can't really use them still. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm talking about like the N word, for instance, yeah. in African Americans yeah. and, you know, Gay people have also reclaimed some words. Yeah. So that's a really interesting idea, this idea of, yeah, what, are we just feeding it? <laughs> feeding yeah, the power. Yeah, exactly. Or where do you draw the line? Like, uh, you don't really want people just going around saying vulgar stuff that offends people constantly either, so. But I guess it wouldn't be vulgar if you said it all the time. But, yeah, where? how do you even start that? I yeah, and who gets offended and who doesn't? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. It's just, it's an interesting, interesting thing. It is. So moving on to, I guess, something a bit more serious. The uh, One of the big topics when Ange and I were sort of thinking about this earlier that you don't really just ever come out and say is about death mm-hmm. and suicide. 
you know, there's all these kind of ways to say, you know, you might say grandpa's passed on or he's no longer with us or is in heaven. You, you rarely say grandpa's dead. Left this world. or Yeah. Or you might be funny about someone croaking it or something. Or Kicking cu- the bucket. Yeah, exactly. Making them, meeting their maker. Yeah, absolutely. Or be- belly up. I feel like people say that about animals, not, not humans. Maybe not humans as much. But... You know, it kind of reflects this idea that sometimes hard topics do kind of need euphemisms. I think it would be really blunt to just come out and say it. And I know that when I did my training as a journalist, for instance, you know, we were actually told not to use euphemisms. You are supposed to say, you know, talk say the words death Mm -hmm. and dead. But if you were to talk to someone, that's very different. Or if you're interviewing someone as a journalist, you wouldn't want to say that. Yeah, you you have to be careful about people's feelings and... um, Sometimes they're going through trauma and things. And, you know, it's a a really sensitive topic. So I don't know if we're embarrassed about talking about dying, but I think it's more about... um, Just being sensitive to other people, I guess, or being appropriate. Yeah, and just understanding that some people do have difficulty talking about this when it's... Especially when it's someone they love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then as well, everyone grieves differently. So I've been around people who are grieving who are really direct and upfront about things as well. Um, So it's it's treading carefully in that area as well. So side story, my husband and I recently um, went through the process of preparing a will, uh, which is a super morbid and just weird thing but to talk. But so important. It is important. It Anyone is. that owns anything or has property and things should yeah. be doing this. Do you have a will? No, I don't. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. <laughs> so, but it's just like you're sitting there in this stale office with this lawyer talking about like all the potential scenarios. Like if you die first, if I die first, if like I am a vegetable and I can't make these decisions. Oh. If you know, and it's, but you're also tr- you're trying to be a bit professional. But then every now and then, one of you, you're like my husband or I, would throw something out that's like it's a personal topic to be talking about in front of people. And there's a hunch. I guess it, we were a little unprepared for our meeting because we hadn't. You don't think about the scenarios. You no. just think, oh, we're gonna get a will. You don't think about like, what okay, in that? well, how do you want your funeral to look? Or, you know, do you want to go on life support? Do you want to donate your organs? Like all these little clauses that wow. go into it. And then all of a sudden, you know, one of you will say, oh yeah, I want this to go to this person. And you're like, what? That's weird. Okay, like, yeah. You know. <laughs> like all the little things you have to think about, but yeah. It's, it's so weird. did you get it done in the end? We did. Yeah, it's done and it's signed and I don't, like, it's it's fine. But, yeah, because th- there's the contingencies as well of, like, if this happens, then do this. And then if this happens, and I feel like we got a bit confused in the end. But at the end of the day, I don't think anyone's going to be, like, vo- we don't have anything to kind of vulture after. So <laughs> The fun thing is, though, you probably have to do it. Don't you have to update it in, like, five or ten years or something? Well, that's why I think we did all the contingencies. Oh, okay. like, yeah. yeah. So yeah, any future property, this would happen sort oh, of thing. God. So we've kind of, yeah. But it's certainly a, and I, I think I've never done this, but a prenup I feel would be like that times a thousand as well. Like no, just, yeah. I don't know anyone that's had a prenup. Do you? I do. Really? Yeah, I know a lot of people. A lot of people? Well, a couple. Okay. Yeah, a few. <laughs> I don't, well, I guess I've never asked. I guess that's not the thing you ask at the wedding, is it? Like, did you guys have a prenup? So. Yeah. I told, I asked my husband to get one when we met. Because um, he had property and I didn't. Really? But he didn't, so. Oh. Sucker. Yeah, what a sucker. <laughs> but, yeah, I think it's, like, something you should just talk about up front and just get it out there. 
and it would just create like save so much drama and if someone doesn't want to sign it i feel like that is more of a red flag yeah Although I could sort of, I say yeah, that you, and then I'm like, yeah, I say that. And then I'm like, I don't know how I'd feel if my husband had asked me for a prenup. Not that I had anything to take, but still. It could be awkward. <laughs> yeah, certainly gets the conversation out there. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, now I feel like I've got paperwork I should go do. <laughs> yeah. Then you hear of divorces that are just so awful because there was no prenup or there was a prenup and it was a bad prenup. So... Uh. Sensitive parts, sensitive topics. Yeah, money, as we said, a big one. Yeah, huge one. And the other big one, um, pregnancy or mm. being up the duff. Yeah, knocked up. <laughs> With child. Bun in the oven. Eating for two. <laughs> glowing. <laughs> I mean, glowing. That sounds like you're sweating. I know, I know. That's it's just not very good. So, yeah, it's. I mean, it's not just the language for this topic, um, but it's the very point of discussing it and bringing it up and you know just asking someone if they're pregnant is completely taboo oh absolutely. it's a very sensitive topic and Ange and i as we said out in our 30s so we're we're kind of at the stage of our lives where this has become a big thing you know you suddenly you have groups of your friends not drinking and you just if you go out for dinner day and you think oh what oh i better not ask like it's just yeah or like i'll have one night of not wanting to have a drink with dinner because mm-hmm. for whatever reason and oh, are you pregnant? I'm like, no, I just don't feel like drinking anything tonight. I'm, you know, and training. also like, don't ask me. Yeah, like, and it's none of your business. If I was like, what? It, yeah, all this is going to bring is awkward conversations. Like, oh. how do you know I didn't? I haven't been trying for five years. Or how do you know I didn't have a miscarriage a month ago? Or yeah. how? Yeah, it's just a sensitive topic. It's none of your business. Don't ask. And <laughs> I find, um, I actually find it. I don't know about more awkward, but almost as awkward. I mean, I could give you like five awkward examples of people that have asked me if I'm trying to get pregnant. (laughs) And I just thought, I mean, honestly, you just kind of look at them. One was like- Do you really want to know that? Yeah, you're like, you kind of like, do you know what you're asking me right now? Like, one was at a job that I'd been working at for like a few weeks, honestly. I mean, it was one of these ladies that were like, just oversharing oh when do you do this and you do this oh you have a husband oh this this. oh are you guys trying to have kids i was like whoa whoa whoa. back up back up i have um uh, it's co-workers it's always just it's always a a lady co-worker that just doesn't know the line i have a woman i worked with four years ago who probably texts me once every two months or at least every major holiday she sends me a big emoji text message which is adorable um and she's just constantly checking in are you pregnant yet are you pregnant yet no (laughs) way That's funny. You should get pregnant. She really I, likes. I think she wants to be a nanny. I don't know. She's, <laughs> yeah, it's it's awkward. That it's is a little bit awkward. awkward. And you know, anyone other than her, well, it is rude. But she's lovable, so I'll forgive her. But yeah, well, that's the thing. It's how it's done, I guess, as well. Yeah, it it is. Uh, and uh, Mother's Day has just passed, so I popped in. I was um, gonna be. I wanted to just get a manicure for the week. Popped in Mother's Day. Forgot it was even oh, Mother's Day. Nice. Oh, I can see her money right now. Kind of chipping. Yeah. So then, yeah, and the the lady at the nail bar didn't ask me if I had kids. She asked me how many kids I had. <laughs> like just launching right into that one. Like I know it's Mother's Day, so I said no, I don't. I have zero. How many do you have? And she said, oh, she's cracked up laughing. She's like, I'm 23. I don't have any children. I'm like, what? So you don't think I look 23? Oh, bad. Oh, I didn't say that to her, just to be clear. But 
I wanted to because yeah. I was offended. Oh, I don't blame. I remember when I was like 23, I think someone asked me if I had kids once and I, I think I had a similar reaction. I was like, ha, ha, ha. Like, I'm 23, you crazy As person. If, yeah. I still get taken aback when people, it's always new co-workers, like younger female co-workers are like, oh, do you have kids? I'm like, how is that even appropriate? Like, do I, I'm not old enough to have kids. Okay, I'm totally okay, we am. Okay, actually are. But yes. in my mind, I'm not. And you shouldn't be asking. Just don't ask. It's, it's awkward and yeah. Well, it's way more awkward what happened to me I had an acquaintance so someone that I'd sort of it's a friend of a friend I'd seen her a few times at a friend's like birthdays and then they're like staggered and I can't remember what else but you know just sort of see them like maybe once a year ish yeah. yeah and I was at an art gallery uh, another friend another mutual acquaintance had an art showing and it was great went along and I think I mustn't have had a drink there but I was also wearing a bit of a baggy top and our mutual friend had literally just had a baby and it was her first night out. And so we were obviously talking about the baby and talking about um, her. Anyway, then my acquaintance basically asked me, oh, and are you pregnant? And I was just like, ah, no. And honestly, I'm not sure who was more mortified because at the time I was like, oh, I think I'm throwing (laughs) out this outfit though because it was like a baggy top. And she's like, oh no, it's just because we were talking about baby. Just keep digging. There's no way you can come back. She literally, yeah, (laughs) she really tried so hard. She's like, oh, and you kind of, you just how you're standing. You don't look pregnant. You don't look pregnant. How you're standing. That's just stop talking. Just walk away and like leave that circle of friends and find, find, like move move to another country and just start again. You're done. It, It was awful. And I was just like, oh, oh. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know what to say either. I had a roommate once when I was living in New Zealand and she she was an apple body type. Mm-hmm. So she kind of, she had a bit of a chubby tummy. Um, nothing wrong with that? Nothing, no. But it was the type of body type she had people asking her if she was pregnant frequently. Oh, no. Or like she'd be at the supermarket and what? someone would say it. And it like just, if like unless... Even if someone's seven months pregnant or like nine months pregnant, however many months you are when you're pregnant, don't ask. Even if it's so obvious or you think it's obvious, just don't say anything. Don't bring it up. Just uh, how about that? You never know what's going on with someone. Like, it seems like it always does come up though. Like pregnant, like all my pregnant friends have had crazy stories. Mostly of people like strangers touching their belly, which just don't do. That's just so much weirder. Yeah. So much weirder. Yeah, but the moral of the story is don't ask someone if they're pregnant. Don't ask them if they're trying. And yeah, keep don't, your hands to yourself. Yeah, keep your hands to yourself and just, yeah, wait, wait to be told. Mm, yeah. So another related bodily thing would be bodily functions in general. So we're kind of like, again, we're just like four years old over here giggling <laughs> over the ways to talk about poop poop and vomit and diarrhea but talking to the big white telephone i thought was pretty hilarious yakking yeah puking (laughs) or back to the poop one dropping the kids off (laughs) i just i don't even get that it's well i oh there's so many like that like (laughs) i mean it's pretty funny and i mean we found actually that pepto-bismol really marketed itself quite well based on this. on this. Yeah, it did. Because basically it had this idea of general cure-all for nausea and indigestion and diarrhea. But obviously, you know, people don't really like saying that. They might talk about stomach trouble or tummy problems. And the idea was that you have to be able to delicately ask a host at a party for a Pepto and, you know, where's the bathroom? 
rather than saying, I'm about to have a session I'm of... I'm going to shit my pants. Yeah. <laughs> and it's probably because of you. So where is the toilet? You've given me food poisoning, you awful person. <laughs> yeah. So good work, Pepto-Bismol, for making that easier for everyone. Yeah, I guess that's that's awkward for everyone. But also sometimes it's urgent and, like, you don't have room for euphemisms. No. Like, I need a toilet. Me a toilet. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a big one over here, though, that... Like, I actually never say toilet anymore because it has been trained out of Mm -hmm. me. But in Australia, if you're looking for the bathroom or the restroom or the washroom, you just say toilet. Where's the loo? Yeah. Or, like, toilet is polite. toilet. That's, like, a polite way to say it. Yeah, it's only Canada and America, yeah, with their restroom, washroom, bathroom. Yeah, but now I always say it. Yeah. Because it's just easier. Yeah. Also, in Australia and New Zealand bathrooms don't generally have toilets the toilet is a separate room a lot of the time whereas that almost always in north america the toilet is in the bathroom so that's true that that level of confusion but i think mostly it's a euphemism and i think as well maybe with kids teaching kids to talk about these topics and you might want to be delicate but i don't know if that's really helping i don't know (laughs) i'm not sure i think toilet training is awful with children no matter what you call it i think that some things get lost in translation i've just um come back from a trip to europe and i was in Woo-hoo. um woohoo it was great um and one thing i did notice um i was in the netherlands and germany for part of my trip and i i giggled a few times on a number of occasions about things getting lost in translation with toilets so <laughs> like the dutch and i heard like dutch and german people talking about like where can I take a piss but like in quite a formal setting like they just say piss instead of I don't know if it's like a I don't know what the word is in Dutch or German but I notice a lot of people like they'll like I was I wasn't offended but I was like oh that's pretty crass like where can I take a piss like or where can I do a piss or whatever they however they said in their translation or yeah. like I need yeah whereas or someone said like shitter at some point no. and I was like it's like and but it was someone kind of formal like it wasn't it wasn't around it wasn't like, like a young guy like yeah. it was I can't remember the exact wording but it made me chuckle and then it makes me you know the way you talk about it in different languages is obviously really different and then things get lost in translation which is yeah comical Exactly. So that yeah, how do other other cultures talk about hard, you know, difficult topics? And that's what I think is interesting. Like I mentioned, um, yeah, like I mentioned about the nail bar earlier, and the the girl who does my nails is Vietnamese, and I did a bit of research, and it's generally generally it's considered rude to ask someone's age or presume that they're you know old Mm. enough to have children or whatever but in vietnam it's actually an important inquiry because it's the way you address someone older than you is different to the way you would address someone younger than you it's it's the actual language that that Mm. you use so it's completely not rude so yeah and i mean that's so interesting because even in a lot of languages but i know in spanish you have the formal you so um and that is often reserved for someone that's older than you. I mean, it's reserved for other things too, for formal settings and so forth. But um, you would definitely usually refer to someone older than you using the, if they're not like close family, using mm-hmm. that as well. So yeah, it's a good point. Like you'd, ne- you'd you sort of need to know. know. Like, yeah, this is just a practicality. Um, and then, yeah, just different cultures are sensitive about different things. Um, like weight, hugely sensitive in uh, definitely Canada, US, Australia, New Zealand. Mm. I mean, never ask a, a woman or anyone what they weigh. Yeah. Or like, just don't even 
don't even touch outside of like a bodybuilding kind of context don't do it yeah just don't do it but in ecuador and chile that's totally okay to ask people about the weight or comment on people being fat or whatever that's it's just a it's it's an observation it's not rude apparently um plus i was reading that in the democratic republic of congo being overweight is a sign of good health and uh so if you comment on someone's ample weight uh it's considered a compliment i mean wasn't that a thing even in like i mean that sort of shows how things change because was it like i don't know i want to say the renaissance but I, i don't think that's right you know in whatever period it was where people have a lot of those paintings and the women that are naked are a bit bigger by today's yeah. standards and it, it was because it was a sign of beauty a sign of wealth mm-hmm. that, to have that extra weight on you so mm-hmm. whether or not they even did they painted that way it's interesting yeah yeah so things changed too i guess yeah i mean yeah body shape fashions for sure um but very interesting and yeah every everyone has different topics so apparently in rural thailand it's really you should avoid talking to people about their family um until you really get to know them huh. whereas i feel like uh, like family's like an easy safe topic oh, I would yeah. have thought to, to sort of chat to people about if you're kind of talking about icebreakers or yeah in North America do you I have mean, siblings or do you have siblings is always like pretty easy to like get in there and, and the other thing is back to the money thing which we both admit makes us squeamish um, apparently it's not rude to ask how much money do you make in China and Ecuador huh. which makes you wonder how does that impact salary negotiations in general or the pay gap um, you know the gender pay gap could have super huge implications couldn't it if we all just walked around saying oh I earn this much if we all knew what our co-workers and friends made and it was just transparent like would totally change things for the better I think yeah so interesting very very interesting so does language limit us when we talk about these uh, sensitive topics? What do you think? Well, I think, I mean, we've really established today that there are topics that are hard to talk about and whether or not it's because of society that programs us to think that way or whether it's a result of history or religion or government or just the fact that some things make us feel things that mm-hmm. are really hard to talk about. In some ways, it almost doesn't matter. I think the main thing that we have to think about is, yeah, like you said, does it limit us? And I would argue that sometimes it can have negative consequences, but if you lived without euphemisms, you'd also just seem like this blunt, rude person and you might find that people avoid you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I can see that, absolutely. So, yeah, it's that fine line and it's all about, yeah, working out, reading the situation that you're in and knowing what's, what's appropriate. And I think also just taking a bigger view on things so especially with things like swear words like yeah maybe be more creative than just dropping an f-bomb and a c-bomb when you're frustrated but Mm -hmm. at the same time you know think about why those words are considered so bad and if someone else says them maybe don't be so offended because really just feeding it yeah (laughs) and you're feeding that power by being offended very good very insightful Hmm. maggie oh thank you (laughs) (laughs) so we've got a bit of a list as we always do every episode of our read watch listen one thing that came to mind for me, and I, I rewatched it and chuckled, is Monty Python. Um, you know, the there's a skit they do about um, it's called the Dead Parrot Skit. Um, skit, Dead Parrot Skit, and it's um, yeah, it's just talking about all the different ways of saying that this this bird is dead. But I, it just goes on and on in a typical Monty Python way, and it's it's pretty funny. I don't think I've seen that. I think I have seen it, but not for years. I'd have to rewatch that one. 
I mean, talking about, yeah, things you can't say, I immediately thought of this movie Liar Liar with Jim Carrey. I don't know if it's from like the 90s or early 2000s, mm. but I definitely saw it as a kid. And again, it's this idea that, um, you know, this guy can't lie anymore, so he can't even use euphemisms. So, you know, they talk about, you know, this little boy says something like, how it doesn't matter what you look like. And Jim Carrey replies, that's just something that ugly people say. (laughs) (laughs) And there's all these things about, yeah, you know, obviously pointing to someone overweight and and all these things. And it's kind of funny. It's a bit immature. The only scene I remember from that movie is he's in the elevator. Oh, yeah. He farts and then he's walking out. He's, it was me. (laughs) I thought you meant the one in the elevator with the girls, with some new beautiful model looking woman who just starts at the office and she says, yeah, you know, it's my first day. Everyone's been real nice. And he says, oh, that's because you've got big cans. <laughs> oh, Jim Carrey. Oh. I, I can't stand him, but he is funny sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if I watch this now, I would find that movie horrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah me too. Um, another one I think that on a more serious tone is I think George Orwell did a really good job of talking about a lot of sensitive topics and uh, – kind of commentating on the way that society talks about them and the way politics uses euphemisms Mm. and and sort of language to twist things. Um, So he actually did an essay. It it always amazes me how, like, early his writing is and how relevant it is today. Mm. Um, It's always really interesting. But um, he did a politics and the English language essay. So if you can look that up, um, I definitely recommend reading that. And then also talking about that is 1984, which admittedly it's been a while since I read that book by George Orwell, but um, he has the new speak language. So mm-hmm. a person who was executed is called an unperson. And he has all these different terms in the book, but I mean, you may as well be talking about alternative facts. or. Oh. I know, it's, it's a bit pretty, too close to yeah, home. Pretty on the point. So. It actually just reminded me, because I'm watching it at the moment, season two um, of A Handmaid's Tale. It's, oh, it's yes. similar. They I have anything in that kind yeah, of genre. That dystopian thing. Yeah, you're an unwoman if you, you're not, um, I guess, abiding by their rules and you get sent out to the colonies. And yeah, interesting. super interesting. I feel like all comedy, or like not all comedy, but... I, I haven't put this down as something specific, but if you're wanting to make fun of the way society talks about sensitive topics or, you know, I think comedians are the best people at drawing light to this. And oh, like yeah. Analyzing why is it that we feel funny and awkward about these things and then kind of picking at that. And, oh, yeah. I mean, everyone, you think about like a Seinfeld skit or mm-hmm. Louis C.K. or anyone. Really. Yeah, absolutely. Going back to the money one, I listened to this really interesting podcast from Planet Money on NPR, and it was kind of, Actually, this one was all about death. And it was about this town where they um, basically the whole town prepares for death in that they all have to prepare wills and they talk about life, how they want their end of days to be. And it's for some reason become this really big topic in this town. So I actually don't seem to have the name of the that episode right in front of me. I think it might be. But um, it's a, it's a good episode because I think it's kind of going back to what you're talking about. The town where everyone talks about death. There you go. It's from a few years ago now, like 2014, but it's a pretty good episode. Interesting. So I went down, (laughs) I have to admit, I went down a total internet well uh, when I was researching this one. (laughs) Global Affairs Canada, like a government website, they basically have an exhaustive breakdown per country of like different cultures and what's sensitive and what's not. Really? Um, yeah, so it's like some person in the government has been paid 
an exhaustive amount of money and a lot of hours to compile this like incredibly huge database. So every single country, like there's like like all, it's not just like really large countries that is common for Canadian that are common for Canadians to do business with. It's like any like New Zealand's on any random small obscure country like whether it's Tonga or whatever, uh, and they'll outline communication style like dress code. Uh, what a safe conversation start is when you're meeting someone in this country, like typical work ethic, like, I don't know, it's just a weird thing to find on a government website and it is exhaustive. Like there is just like thousands of words oh on God, each country. I really want to look it up now. It's hard to not, like I, I, I went, I got pretty deep. You went deep? I went deep. <laughs> you always go deep. I do. It was fascinating and yeah, so, well, or, and if you're ever going to another country, especially on business, this is a super useful resource, but it's Or also, if you really want to offend anyone from other countries yes great this is absolutely <laughs> what this was made for <laughs> and i love that you always have the highbrow ones but to round things out i just have to mention this book that i keep seeing everywhere in like bookstores and children's stores and it's just called everybody poops <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> i swear that every time i've gone to i've to a kid's store to buy like something for friends kids or like my own nephews and niece I see this book and I'm yet to buy it. Maybe I should. It's a real book about for children about I guess teaching them about toilet training or something, but it's it's a hilarious title. Everybody poops. So, check it out. It is good. It is good. Well, on that note, yeah. <laughs> I think I think we'll be off. Uh, so, yeah. Over and out from us from this week and and thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye.